What's up, guys? Uh, welcome to season two, episode two of the Jesus Name News podcast. Uh, again, we are super excited that we got into season two, and we're super excited for how season two is really starting out. Uh, today, uh, last week, we kind of touched on uh, the the purpose and the function and Leviathan and creation itself and what God did in those seven days. Today, though, we're going to be looking more at uh, young earth creationism and old earth creationism and the arguments for both of those. Uh, So sit back, buckle up, whatever you're doing right now, uh, because this is going to be a deep dive in depth. And we may say some things that may make us, even us, uncomfortable. So last week, ultimately, we talked about the responsibility of existence, right? God is responsible. God is responsible for existence. He's responsible for the continuing of existence. God did it. This week, (laughs) how? How is how? Because how? How is the thing that gets all kinds of trouble into this? Because... You know, in the ancient world, they said all kinds of just craziness, right? I mean, some of the stuff is just, I mean, some of it's fun. Like, I, I mean, we don't have fun mythology anymore, you know? Like, I mean, and, and and when you really get into it, the mythology wasn't that fun. But, like, it sounds fun as a story when you don't think it's real and you yeah. aren't living through it. You know, like, we don't have any of that because we have science. And science is so, like, spreadsheet, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so, like... It's just, it's not the same, but back then they had, every culture had its own, just mostly off the wall idea of how the world got here. And Christianity and Judaism are no different. Okay. We have the biblical idea of the account of creation, right? And the thing is, is most, most modern beliefs about creation exclusively look at the Genesis account of creation. Okay. I've never seen someone argue uh, how the world got here based on Job or Psalms. Never. You know, like we said last week, like I didn't even realize entirely that those were creation accounts because, you know, as much as I have studied young earth creationism and as much as I have studied evolution and science classes and all of these other things, like nobody ever talks about us, a, a one of the Psalms and, you know, the book of Job talking about creation and how things got here. Yeah. And And, so, and like, just real quick, but I've, I've been listening to a few other podcasts and uh, shows about all this, people deconstructing their spirituality and stuff. And this is a major sticking point for a lot of people, but there, there is a lot of spiritual deconstruction going on around the intellectual side of the uh, of the bible and science and how those two marry or don't marry uh, people are walking away from faith over this stuff yeah and, and that's part of the reason that we want to talk about it is because like are we doing things that not not justify it because i don't you know i was talking to somebody today and we were we were talking about deconstruction because something happened that it's not a great look 
from a source of church stuff. Right. And I was just like, it's so interesting. Cause like literally yesterday I was talking with you about, you know, people deconstructing and this kind of stuff being why they do that and why they end up walking away. And they were like, well, but that doesn't justify it. And I was like, I'm not saying it justifies it. 100%. It doesn't. It's just, it's interesting to me that we do things needlessly that give people the ability to, you know, the Bible says to, to walk, you know, in peace with all men, to do good to all men, to have a good report, you know, to be blameless and without fault. And the reason a lot of those things are said is because, well, yes, it's not, it's not okay for someone to not follow God because of you. However, the reality is, is your action can cause someone to not follow God. And we need to do what we can to not allow that to happen. And I think, I believe, and I see out there a whole lot of this issue causing people to not follow God. And so we want to talk about the different ideas and some of the different theories. And let's be exact here. We're going to talk about science a lot and we're going to cover what science is and all of that. But right here, when I say theories, I am not saying scientific theories because the, the, the idea of a theory in science is very different than these philosophical and theological ideas that occasionally touch on sciencey things. Right. Okay. So for this next little bit, we're exclusively going to talk about theological and philosophical theories. And we're going to end up talking about the scientific method a little after that. So the, the ideas of creation that are popular in Christianity, there's, there's really not that many flavors of it just because there's only so many ways you can, you know, you can do this. I mean, there's certain places where it, it splinters off under these basic headers But the basic headers, there's not a lot. There's historic creationism, right? We're talking literal six 24-hour Earth Day, modern Earth days of creation, right? Mm -hmm. But an undefined period beforehand, and I think this is where like gap theory would probably fit too, which allows for an older Earth, but young human creation. Yeah. uh, So it it creates kind of like, gap places and and you know genesis one god is moving on the face of the waters on earth so i mean earth was there yeah and usually the uh the gap is between genesis one and genesis two uh i i really ascribe to that gap idea um early on in my life and early on in my spiritual walk uh i'm not gonna get too deep into where i am now but uh, because we'll get there. <laughs> I'll yeah. be around next week. But. So um, the next one is the one that uh, I ascribed to for a long time. I remember um, long internet debates when I was in my teens where yeah, I, thought my, I thought my 15-year-old self could uh, inform people with PhDs in biology on science with my young earth creation views. To be clear, sometimes Larry still thinks that. <laughs> yeah, but I don't I don't think I can inform people with PhDs in a specific subject of one that I'm not trained on. 
That's true. Mm-hmm. You, you did stop that. So, so there is some growth. I think I can inform people on a lot of things. I do not think that I am a source above people who've spent 20 years studying that topic. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So young earth creation is the idea that the earth and the universe were all created between six and 10,000 years ago. Technically speaking, any viewpoint that has an older earth than about 10,000 years is not young earth creationism. Even if like the earth is 12,000 years old, according to your viewpoint, not young earth creation. Now there's no gaps. There's no undefined periods. And again, literally six 24 hour earth days. Ooh. Okay. And yes, young earth creationism is very specific. If you, if you don't believe pretty much any of those things that I just said, they're going to reject you. You, you know, it's very interesting that you ascribe to this because I don't see you as that person, but also because as a teenager, I didn't ascribe to this. And I came to that conclusion on my own, like without very much help. You got to remember, I didn't take real high school biology. Uh, Okay, there we go. That's where it (laughs) I went to church schools in middle and high school. So I didn't actually get the actual explanation of the scientific theories until college. And even then, I didn't take biology in college in part because I didn't want to deal with evolution and in part because biology is boring. Well, biology is amazing, first of all. <laughs> but, but, but in my head, it was just a bunch of boring yeah. memorization of like species and Latin names and stuff like and I didn't want to dissect stuff like ew. So <laughs> but the next one is old earth creation or intelligent design in this instance without evolution. Okay, so this view is holding that the days of Genesis one are just God's work days. They represent God doing things in a way that's referenced as man would best understanding. So the evening and the morning were just the completion of his duty for that period. So it was using human terms to refer to divine action. (sighs) Which, Uh, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I, I think there's a little bit of truth in this one for sure. No matter how it is, you know, like no matter how the earth really is and what Genesis was intended as there's some aspect of referring to God in human terms in Genesis one, for sure. You know, like yeah, I mean, reached out with his hands and formed man. Um, yeah. It's, 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 it's very, uh, very sometimes it's very broad and yeah, and i don't think god has a voice box or a tongue or a mouth and teeth to speak yeah and, and so that gets into obviously all- god speaking wasn't exactly like us speaking which this gets into all kinds of stuff but like my point is is that there's some literary function in how god is referred to here at minimum which the next one is the full literary framework which is just genesis one is just kind of in topical order it's not intended to be literal it's not intended to be specific it's not historical it's just it's kind of a topical thing to explain that god did it that's 
Which That's, again, I, I mean, like these two that are more like philosophical fully, they're they're kind of accurate no matter what methodology you get to on some level. Yeah. Um, and the final one is just evolutionary creation in that Genesis says what it is, but ultimately God used what science has seen and claims in the last, you know, 150 years or so. And that's how the world got here. And Genesis is just, it's what they believed when it was written. So issues. Yeah. Lots of issues with that one. There's lots of issues with all of these. Okay. And I'm going to be clear. There are issues with every single one of these. And part of it is just that the simple fact is, is anytime that finite beings try to explain the existence and functionality of infinite, there's going to be an issue. Like we're never going to have a solid explanation or a solid, a solid exact view of what God did or how God does things, because that just isn't a thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we, we weren't there. Exactly. And, and we can't be, and even if we were there, we can't understand not from our viewpoint right now. And so each of these theories in their own way have issues in terms of either science, philosophy, or theology. Okay. So let's look at a few of them. Okay. One issue with most of these theories is the idea of days. Okay. Pretty much any view that views Genesis as literal, like literal earth human days has a huge problem. That problem is the sun and the moon don't exist until day three. So day and morning and evening don't exist until day three. They literally don't exist. So either God is arbitrarily following a pattern that he hasn't created yet for no real good reason, or it wasn't intended to be meant that way. Okay. And and I, I think that's because if you know Hebrew poetry and how, uh, priests would memorize the scriptures. Uh, there's a literary and phonetic device that's there. Yeah. And the, so, so I can I can see where you're going with that a little bit, but uh, yeah, and 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 we're gonna get into a little more about like what people have believed about those days a little later. Yeah. But you know, just for for that, um. That's an issue with that. The second thing is that God is not bound or restricted to earth. Why is God following earth anything? I mean, like, literally, a day is just the measurement of the rotation of the earth. And a day on earth isn't even 24 hours. It's like 24 hours in like four minutes or something like that. So, like, why is God following this modern convenience of what we consider a day just because? Like it, 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 it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense why it would be done that way. Like there's no reason God would follow that pattern. Yeah. There are explanations why God would explain it with that pattern, but not why God would do it that way. And so beyond that, there's problems with interpretations that don't assume literal earth days Yeah, in that 
the Bible does specifically say the evening and the morning. Yeah. See, we told you guys that we are going to find issues with everything. So, so wait. So one problem is days didn't exist and evening and morning doesn't make sense. But the other problem is that it does specifically say the evening and the morning. And so it's like, well, all right. Um, what? Yeah. What are, what, what, how do you, how do you work with that? And, and the thing is, is that that's part of the issue with this is that if you try to take it too literally, you're causing problems. If you try to take it too philosophically, you can also create some problems when people are trying to take it literally. And so it comes to a point of, well, what's the message and how do we understand that? Which is what we're going to get to. Beyond that, taking evolution creates a few issues with literal biblical interpretation, right? So animals are said to reproduce after their own kind. Well, depending on how you interpret own kind, that would make evolution completely impossible. Now, we're going to come back to that a little later when we get to specifically talking about young earth creation. It's coming. Um, but just keep in mind that 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 whole after its own kind could create problems when looking at evolution as a possible way that mankind and everything got here. Um, the second thing is it creates questions about Adam and Eve. How did they exist? Did they exist? Were there other people? What's happening? Like, if evolution happened and the Earth is four point whatever billion years old, what's up with Adam and Eve? What's the Garden of Eden? Where does any of this happen? And again, I know we're going to get to that next week. Yeah, at least Adam and Eve. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about some of that next week. And, and but But it bears bringing up in that it brings questions and, and, and realistically, if you were listening to this, expecting this to be one 40 minute conversation that sums up all of the questions about the creation of the universe, not quite sure what to tell you, <laughs> but and you've never listened to our podcast. If you, if you thought, that, well, so. <laughs> yeah, that too, but it brings us back to the basic point of all of this is the intersection of faith and science and philosophy and philosophy and all of that. And we have to understand something with all of this is theology and philosophy are easy, right? You just think of cool stuff that makes sense and has logical coherency and you go with it. Science is not that easy. Nope. Okay. Science has this thing called the scientific method and it's important. And, and it's important because the scientific method, it's, it's actually something that you should apply and that we somewhat naturally apply to philosophy and theology. Okay. And simply put, the scientific method is an empirical method of obtaining knowledge. It has been explicitly and specifically followed in science until at least since at least the 17th century. Okay. To simplify, the scientific method follows a couple of steps. You have the topic or issue or question that you want to acquire knowledge of. Okay. You have some knowledge on it. You look into it and you form a hypothesis. Okay, a hypothesis is a question or a statement that you are going to form some sort of experiment or study to verify. And then after you make your hypothesis, you form that experiment or study and you verify it. 
generally speaking, your hype, your experiment or study should be trying to prove the hypothesis wrong. Okay. So it's, that's it's, important. It's basically like you're trying to prove yourself wrong. Yes. Yeah. And, and you so cannot I, do science trying to prove yourself right. And so my, my next thing with that would be would when you're applying this to the, theological and philosophical theories, uh, especially concerning the Bible, you know, you go into the Bible with a topic or issue of concern. You f- usually go in with an idea of what the Bible will say. And then your test and theory is you filter it through the Bible, you read the Bible yeah. and you filter it through the Bible. And then uh, you determine whether the Bible is agreeing with you or disagreeing with you. Yeah. And typically if the Bible disagrees with you, you're, you should probably change your idea. <laughs> like, Yeah. And, and I think a lot of it, it, to use a theological term, it goes back to like exegesis and eisegesis. Yes. If I hope I'm saying those right, <laughs> but uh, like, which is basically reading things into the Bible or reading thing, taking things out of the Bible to justify what you're trying, trying to, or trying to, is either reading things you want to be in the Bible into what it says, or just purely taking the Bible for what it says. Right. And, and it's a big issue. It happened. It's really, really easy to justify what you want and proof text and do all those things. And, and science can be the same way. If you're not very, very careful, you can proof text yourself in science and, and justify just about anything you want by just not properly doing an experiment and not allowing it to be verified by other people. In order to be scientific, a hypothesis must be falsifiable. Again, the idea that it can be made false is the point. Okay. So if a hypothesis cannot be disproven, it's not scientific. This is why we say that some theories of biblical create the theories of biblical creation are philosophical or theological theories, not scientific ones, because scientific theories are theories that have been brought forth that have been tested and have not been proven wrong and are thus assumed to be correct because nobody can prove them wrong. Right. Okay. But if there's no test, so saying that an almighty creator created things through supernatural powers that can't be measured or seen can't be scientifically proven because, again, it can't be measured or seen. Right. Okay. And that would be a lot of the argument with evolution. Yeah. And so the truth is, is we can go round and round here and there's podcasts for that. We're not going to spend months and months arguing about creation and evolution and all of this. Okay. The fact is, is that a lot of these theological ideas, they're, they're not able to be falsified because they're not science. They're not scientific. However, we want to talk specifically about quote unquote creation science and specifically young earth creationism, because there's this idea in the modern world that this is a science and it's caused a ton of issues in the church. Okay. And we need to really critically look at this because in, in the modern world, and especially in America, if you guys haven't noticed, there's this thing where if something agrees with what we want to be true, we just assume it's true. Yeah. They don't have to prove themselves. If, if somebody tells you something that you want to be true is true, you just assume it's right. And they don't need to provide any evidence at all. 
We just go with it. Right. And, and that's human nature, but it's kind of gotten to a worse point with the advent of social media and the connectivity of people all over the world all the time. So right. what is creation science or young earth creationism? Generally, it is. It's it's basically it's, it's basically like this idea that, you know, that we think that many believed in the time of Christ and really in the entire history of the world, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's this idea that everybody always believed this. I mean, young earth creationists will go on and on about how this is what people who in the Bible times and who wrote the Bible believed that, that they, the earth was created in six human days and that the earth is about 6,000 years old. The problem is that's not true. Right. Right. This whole young earth idea, it's not actually something that everyone believed. In fact, most people didn't believe it. Some examples of that, some very, very known examples of that. Um, Irenaeus of Lyons. Yeah. Oh, oh, history teacher. Um, He was a second century bishop. He was a student of, I want to say John. Mostly because yeah. John's life ending so late. But I mean, when I say second century, I mean like dude was born in the first century and he was a bishop into the second century. Okay. He wrote in his writings that we have that he believed that the days in Genesis one were figurative and they were actually 1000 years each. This was actually a very popular theory for a long, long time in that that whole idea of there's the New Testament. I think it's New Testament verse that a day is a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years a day. Well, people have taken that very literally, and they've just decided that the days of creation were actually a thousand years each. And, you know, like this second century bishop, Arrhenius, like the fact that he was a student of john and I, I believe it was john the fact that he was a student of a man who was who, who was capable and so close to jesus to lay his head on his chest yeah but this he is, also would have known like timothy and titus and you know um some of the other people that are mentioned in the bible as like students of this this is major stuff yeah like the this guy knew a man and was taught by a man that was jesus jesus's favorite disciple that literally wrote four times that he was the most loved disciple himself exactly like and then got it canonized our bible has a dude telling us all repeatedly that jesus loved him more than all of us yeah <laughs> and his student goes on to write oh the earth is twelve thousand years old yeah, and, and so he believed the earth was like 12,000 years old. I don't understand. I don't know why day seven didn't get its own thousand years. Although I guess maybe it was 12,000 years old when he was alive, and so it's 14,000 years now. I guess. I don't know for sure. But either way, he wasn't the only person that held that view of like the day is a thousand years. That was really, really popular, actually. Um, another idea of people like Clement of Alexandria, they thought creation was instantaneous. And the days were figurative. They were based on like their importance. So like day one was the least important to man's existence and day six was the most important. And so that's why they were designated those things, but that they were 100% figurative. They weren't real days. They weren't even real time frames. They were just, you know, a, a, 
device to give an explanation to a theological truth. So like the idea that Genesis is figurative is ancient. I mean, Clement is what third century. Yeah. He's, he's very, very, I mean, that's a long time ago. And, and to anybody who would question like, Oh, well he's Catholic somehow or something like this is before that. Yeah. I mean, the, the Catholic church hadn't been properly formed at that point and Christians were still being persecuted. So, So, and the thing to take away from this is that if, if, I'm not here to bag on young earth creation. There's just some issues with it. And, and so the idea that they start with that, this was the historical view of all Christians is just factually false. It is verifiably false that all Christians have not always believed that Genesis was six 24 hour days and that the earth is 6,000 years old after that. That's not a thing. Okay. So beyond that, young earth creationism has a few things that they say a lot, and we're just going to go over a couple of them. And then we're just going to talk about this in general. Um, but there's a couple of things that I really want to cover that like, there's issues with the things these people say, and then we can talk about why these things are issues. Cause it's important to understand why it matters and why it's important to understand why this isn't true. Um, young earth creationists claim that there is a vast global conspiracy against them and against biblical creationism. And that is why science says that evolution happened and all scientific evidence and discovery is faked and exists for the sole purpose of continuing the conspiracy against biblical truth of a six day creation. So they're, uh, I'm sorry, but they really believe that the vast majority of the human population is out to get them. They believe that the people in control of the vast majority of the human population are out to get them, including pretty much anyone with a doctorate degree. I, I'm sorry, but like victim. It, yeah, it's, it's too big. It, it doesn't make sense. Like it's it's it, it only makes sense when you're trying to declare yourself the most important person in the world. Yeah, I mean, you have to think you're pretty high and mighty on that list there. Uh, I yeah. mean, it just, it, it makes no sense. And the fact that that is an actual argument is. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is that it's not true. Like, if I want to submit a scientific study and an experiment that proves young earth creationism to any scientific journal in the world, they would love to publish it as long as it's actually scientific. Yeah. The problem is, is that creation science isn't science. It's not verifiable. It's, it, it's muddying water and saying that because we can muddy water with like some weird, some weird fossils that are off a little bit, or, you know, because there's a hole in evidence here, that means none of the evidence is real that none of it's real, but that's not how this works. How this works is that it has to be repeatable, measurable, and verifiable, or it's not science. And so what you do is you set up your hypothesis and you show how your hypothesis can be falsified. And then you allow everyone else in the world to go and falsify it. So 
that means that young earth creation, it's really easy to falsify. The earth is 6,000 years old. Okay. All anybody has to do to prove that non-scientific is go and find something that shows older than 6,000 years things. And I mean, the, there's, there's a lot out there. like, yeah. I, I'm, and I'm not <laughs> going to go out on a limb and say like, Oh, like, this is, this is the core tenet of our theology. I'm just saying like there is a lot of evidence out there that the earth is 4.5 billion years old, at least. Yeah. And, and here's the thing I'm going to, let's be upfront. God could have created the earth 6,000 years ago and planted all the evidence that the earth is 4.5 billion years old. Sure. I don't know why. But... He could have. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's not scientific. Because like, that's, the thing. that's not scientific. All science can cover is what we can see. And so if they can see things that tell them that the earth is much older than 6,000 years old, that means that science, what we can measure and verify and repeatably cover says that. That's why creation science isn't in those scientific journals. It's not a conspiracy. It's because creation science borders more on conspiracy theory than on science and and that's i don't mean that in a negative or attacking way it's just when you base your argument on there's a conspiracy theory against me that's yeah. literally what you're doing you you in effect make your argument a conspiracy theory yeah i mean it literally is a conspiracy theory and so like I, I, I promise you, science would welcome evidence. Yeah, and and there's a lot of scientists out there that are perfectly fine with the idea of creation. Like that, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, there's no science has no vendetta against it. And, and let's be real here: the majority of science scientists in the West, you know, in Christian countries in Europe, in America, in Christianized nations that are majority Christian or close to it, I would guess that a good chunk, if not a majority of scientists are Christians. In some way, shape, or form. In some way, shape, or form. And the thing is, is that you're discounting a whole lot of people when you're going to these kind of extremes and claiming these kinds of conspiracies. And it's not, it's not a good basis. But beyond that, Christian science makes some statements about science that just don't make sense. So, for instance, they say, say things like evolution is just a theory, not a fact. This is going back to our discussion on philosophical and theological theories versus scientific theories. When you say theory in science, it is a very specific meaning. And it does not mean it's just a, fa a fancy thought that isn't proven. A scientific theory is something that has repeatedly stood against experiments trying to disprove it. Scientific theories exist to be disproven. And if they're still held, it means they haven't been disproven. Yep. Okay. So it doesn't mean that it's a fact the way that we like spreadsheets and facts it doesn't mean it's a fact like two plus two is four okay that's not what it means but what it does mean is that it has not been disproven and the fact is is that even though there are ways to disprove it they haven't been found and that is another thing is that 
people say it's not science because evolution can't be falsified, but it actually can be. For one, if you found, let's say they were looking at fossils in a layer of the earth that should be, you know, a billion years old, and they found a a fossilized remain that matched the time frame of the rocks around it that was showing like a chihuahua. Okay. Yeah. Well, that would cause some problems. Okay. Yeah, but even then, there, and I know I'm playing devil's advocate here, and it probably makes me look bad, but even then there are explanations for that. I mean, natural disasters and earthquakes and, you know, all sorts of tectonic plate. Yeah, but I'm saying it's possible. Yeah. Beyond that, evolution makes predictions that have been proven. Fruit flies are a really, really popular example because fruit flies live for so long that there've been numerous studies where they've taken fruit flies and they've actually caused speciation, which is the change of species. They've made fruit flies, not fruit flies. So they're no longer biologically compatible with each other. So does that mean, so fruit flies, like I thought they only lived like three days, but I guess not. I guess I was wrong. No, so, they only live like three days. They live like very, that's why you can do like thousands of generations in a decade. That's insane. When you get thousands and thousands of generations, you can cause changes in the DNA that you couldn't cause in like a human. See, now that's something that like I probably should have known as a college educated person. Yeah. Uh, but my major wasn't in science. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and, and that's just something that I know I've read about is that they've 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 done it. Um, another another example of that is what Darwin saw on the islands of Galapagos, right? Yeah. Where he saw animals that no longer were. It wasn't that they didn't want to mate with each other. It was that they weren't biologically compatible with each other. And here's the thing. Like, I know what you're saying. I know what young earth creationists would say is, well, those fruit flies didn't turn into horses. So that doesn't count. Well, that's not how this works. Like, that, that's not how it works. Like, the changes aren't that major. And, and nobody in science knows exactly how the major changes happened. Well, and the, and the major changes happen over the course, uh, according to evolution, over the course of millions of years, not within the span of. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we don't have explanation. There's not an explanation for all of this. I mean, like what, what young earth creationists do to evolution is like somebody saying you have to absolutely prove God and explain his existence from before existence and how he never stops existing and all his power before they're going to ever believe in him is asking for an explanation that's impossible in a way that is knowingly impossible for the purpose of playing a fake Trump card. And it's not a fair way to have a discussion. So it's, it's like taking your ball and yeah, it's literally taking your ball and going home. Um, beyond that, science, they say scientists don't agree on evolution. And, and this isn't true either. Really. The fact is, is that, Scientists do agree that evolution happened, scientifically speaking. They disagree on how. They disagree on some functions of it and some things that trigger it and things like that. They do disagree on those things. But 
by and large, the scientific community is pretty much in lockstep that they have documented that this stuff happened and it happens. It's not a question. Yeah. You know? um, Well, again, like that goes back like, okay, so explain the different denominations. Like explain like, yeah, no one agrees on very much all the time. Plus, if you can cause, if you can take a minor issue and make it a major issue, you can now make yourself a leader of a movement. (laughs) And you went from being an unimportant guy to being a super important guy based on something that's minor and that almost everybody would agree is minor. Yeah. Right. It's just human nature. Um, the last big thing I want to touch on is they say that there is an absence of transitional problem of transitional fossils. This just isn't true. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not true. It's I, not. I mean, they, there's tons of transitional fossils. Now, do they have like the complete set of transitional fossils from boneless gooey mass to modern fully evolved forms? No, no. Do they have, are they, have there been a whole bunch of fakes? Yes, because people are greedy and selfish and those fakes made them a lot of money. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that everything is fake. Just because you can point to a couple of hoaxes doesn't make everything a hoax. That's a logical fallacy. And, and it's, it's not a good way to, to discuss things. Okay. Yeah. And that is going to bring me to kind of why we wanted to talk about this and why I was willing to kind of make five or six points about why young earth creationism is a problem. And that is, is that this is a problem. Okay. The thing is, is that there are literally millions of books written showing how evolution has been documented showing why and how the age of the earth is proven to be more than 6,000 years old. Okay. And so we come at that with, I don't like that. So I'm going to justify my own views with conspiracy theories and with just going, well, this isn't as clear as they say it is. So it must not be true because I don't like it. And it, it, it has literally caused people to backslide. Yeah, It's and- caused people to lose their faith because they're not prepared to face this. Yeah. And, and we've, we've shut the door. And I, I really hope people listen to the end of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> right. But- Hopefully they didn't turn it off in the last 20 minutes. Cause yeah, because now we're reaching the point, like why we wanted to do this is simply because scroll YouTube. Scroll Spotify, scroll Anchor, scroll, you know, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. There are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts about spiritual deconstruction and people walking away from the faith over these intellectual issues. And as a church, we have, I won't, I won't even say we, I will say that certain sects have coddled these these people who don't want to have these intellectual uh debates or won't just don't want to listen to it 
or you know whatever else it, and that's a problem yeah we live in a connected world the the amount of information available in 2022 is exponentially magnified from 1950 yeah and i have a real problem with trying to shelter people from it because they're going to find out they're going to face it they're going to find out they're going to they're going to hear it yeah i mean i i tell my sunday school kids i mean these are kids that are six to eleven i'm like guys living for god is not easy it's no. not fun people will hate you if yeah. you expect it to be easy you're in the wrong place yep. you know today i told them that like you know i went I went to Christian schools when I was a kid and I, I know of for sure one person who was in my classes at two different schools that are still in church. Now I might've just lost connection with a few of them and hopefully they are in church somewhere. Hopefully they are living for God, you know, but like, even if there are a couple, like, I mean, we're talking the vast majority of these people that I grew up with are not living for God. Yeah. You know, they were in a church every day. And part of the reason for that is that we were not prepared. We left that sheltered location, that sheltered place that told us that, of course, God created everything in six days and the earth is 6,000 years old. Duh. That's what the Bible seems to say. So that's obviously what happened. Yeah. And we went out into a world that when here's 10,000 books that explain why that's not accurate yeah and the thing is is those books have actual evidence that i could go back and rerun the tests that they're based on myself and verify the data that those are giving me yeah and all i had to turn back to was but this book says day yeah and <laughs> and and the thing is, is that it's such a simple thing to fix. Stop getting hung up on this stuff. Guess what? Doesn't matter how the world got here. It doesn't matter what happened. At the end of the day, two things matter. One, God is responsible for create everything being created, and two, God is responsible for everything continuing to exist. Yeah, that's it. Beyond that. It's just a whole bunch of theories, whether they're scientific or theological. It doesn't matter. And, and the problem is, is we try to mix these together and we make these absolute statements and they run people out of church. Because we're focused on competition and not saving souls. Because we're focused on being right and we're focused on proving our own superior value to everyone else. And we're not. We're not superior. We're not better. I'm not better at science than somebody with a PhD in biology. I mean, I think of just all the crazy conversations I've seen. I think one of the things that really broke me out of the whole idea of evolutionary and creation science and stuff, I think the, one of the things that broke it was I saw online <laughs> back in the day, I, I was having, we were having a discussion about science and stuff. And a pastor was informing a P 
PhD student in biology studying reproductivity in animals that there's no such thing as homosexuality in the animal kingdom. And this person who literally as a doctoral thesis is studying animals having sex with each other every day is like, um, I mean, I literally see that every day. And the person's going, well, God doesn't do that. So it's not true. And they're like, watching it happen. Yeah. And the response was just, well, the Bible says otherwise. So clearly that's not true. And and it, it just, it kind of hit me. And I was just like, wait, what are we doing? What are we doing? You can't come to, uh, we can't have people come to us with things they've seen and observed and felt and know and just go bible says otherwise not true and they're like but but you can do it too like here's a video it's on you it, like i can bring you to a farm and show it to you like yeah. like it, it's just it's not healthy it's not good it's not good for the people that we talk to it's not good for us it's not good for the church it's not good for the the work of god yeah and we cannot lie about lying for God is still against God. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, is any of this worth someone's soul? No, no. never. And, never. and that's why I, that's again, why we wanted to approach this. And, you know, next week we'll look at, the creation of man and Adam and Eve, and we'll go a little bit deeper with the evolution talk. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we kind of left off with the evolution idea because we're going to pick it up again next week. So uh, we're looking forward to bringing you the rest of this. Uh, hopefully we didn't turn you off too much. <laughs> so uh, look out for us next week, next Wednesday, uh, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. See ya. <laughs>